Well, hello folks, and a welcome once again to We the People. This is the American Soccer Podcast, in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national team. I am Clayton, and I am a rapper. I'm Ty, I'm a web designer. And we simply love the Nats. No matter what. No matter what, I think. I think so. I think we still love the Nats. We've been tested. (laughs) Like Job. (laughs) Our sheep have all died. (laughs) Awful. (laughs) It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Our poor, our poor little sheep. We sent, what shall we do? We sent eleven of them out there. I don't know if we got eleven back. Uh, guys, Omar, I don't know if Omar is coming back. I don't know if we'll ever see Omar again. We might have lost Omar. We might have lost him for good. Little and guy. Maybe, maybe Beasley's uh, scarab magic has finally claimed another. Right. The 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 Cinderella midnight spell is is uh is being broken. Uh, What to say, guys? It's tough to be a U.S. fan right now uh, because we haven't been playing good. We're not that good, and that's okay. Stick with us, folks. Stick with us right, uh, right here on these airwaves. We're gonna discuss everything that you you want to know about this game. Break it down, why it happened, but more importantly, we're gonna try to address what's going on in general uh, with this U.S. team. Because keep in mind, folks, we didn't have a great Gold Cup either. We won it. But we didn't play good, and we didn't change a lot about the team coming into these qualifiers. We certainly haven't played well for the past two games. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, Ty, you feeling ready? You feeling good? Always. Never. I... Always. <laughs> By always, I mean oh, never. Oh, uh, you mean feeling shitty as a fan of this <laughs> yeah, team? Yes, yeah. always. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. How are Carry you? Carry on. Okay, line up, boys. Uh, line up. The game is USA versus Honduras in the hexagonal round of qualifying for the one and only World Cup. Line them up. Brad Guzan, both gloves. Tim Howard Opa. missed that save, so let's give you a shot. Plus, we're going to have all these goal kicks as part of the plan because our mentality is to come out bunkering against a team because we're away on the road. More on that later. Uh, Beesler and Gonzalez are going to be our center back pairing. Our right back's going to be Graham Zussi. And then in spite of all laws of physics, aging, and uh, all things natural, DeMarcus Beasley will start at left back. We're going to have two holding midfielders by the names of Michael Bradley and Ty's Pookie baby, Kellen Acosta. Is she a boy? On the right wing, we're going to have our rising sun, rising star, Christian Pulisic. And on the left, we're going to have the man whose smile will melt your heart until the day you die, Darlington Nagby. Uh, Let's give Dempsey the start. He's been a super sub recently. He gets the start today. And of course... We're going to have Jordan Morris up top, so no Altidore, folks. Kind of interesting, I guess. Yellow cards. Yes. Caught up to him. Uh, Altidore suspended uh, from, from, from this game because of yellow card accumulation, so we'd see Jordan Morris up front uh, with Clint Dempsey right behind him. Folks, uh, the first half was everything about this sucked as a U.S. fan. Felt a little bit like Groundhog Day with that Costa Rica game close in our memory. However, I will point out a few uh, moments from the first half that kind of stood out to me. Uh, One of them is uh, 
Beasley has an injury and pops back up, which is always awesome to see uh, in the 24th minute. It's a defensive header from across into the box. So we're... Yeah, we're yes. there, oh, my there's, God. There's a the, reason the for the season, be in hospital. It's, it's insane. He's... He bounces so back resilient. up. Just he's poking back. around. Just he's got, playing D. Just took a solid, meaty knee to the temple. You know, no big deal. In the 26th minute, uh, Kyoto would finally score. Uh, Omar Gonzalez lets a through ball through twice somehow. Misses two tackles in two milliseconds. Kyoto in yeah. on goal. Scores. 41st minute, Christian Pulisic uh, creates something from nothing by, uh, by cutting in on this, on this little counter, playing a 1-2 with Morris. The angle for the shot was a little bit too tight. All in vain in the end. And the half would end with Bradley flubbing a free kick, which was just... Oh, that was a soul-crushing... A repeating motif. Awful, awful misses. Uh, You know, have no fear, guys. We would make our way... Would make our way back into this game. (laughs) Got Got (laughs) him! Second half comes around, folks. We're down 1-0 versus Honduras. It's not looking good. We're looking at an L, facing an L. We'd get to see Jeff Cameron come in for Demarcus Beasley, and Bobby Wood would come in for Darlington Nagby, uh, moving to a little bit more of an attacking shape. In the, the Honduras was, was uh, pulling out all the stops as you would expect them to. Note, one of my examples of that is uh, we had a corner kick that came in, an, a, a U.S. corner kick, in which three Honduras players go down over, yep. for no reason, and they're all kind Multiple of writhing around. <laughs> and then one of them looks up, sees the that two other was... people are already yeah. faking injuries. So he ceases faking his injury. It was kind of this hilarious, uh, just... just uh, Moment that revealed just how par- how obviously part of this like strategy this is right. Three of them go down. Anyways, eighty yeah. fourth minute. Finally, yeah. the U.S. would get a goal, but not very deservedly. This the goal. The U.S. would snatch a goal against the run of play, steal one back. Snatched it. It was a free kick. Kellen Acosta, sweet ass right foot man, hit the sweet spot if you will. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's knuckling. It's knuckling into the upper corner. Yep. Uh, Honduras keeper slap saves it. Falls to Beasley. Beasley kind of flicks it on. Morris then flicks it on, and Bobby Wood takes it off the chest. Stabs a finish. Goal for the U.S. This game would add one-one. Weirdly, Henry Figueroa, Figueroa, uh, would get a second yellow and be off. Figueroa. And uh, be off, get a red card there. That's all she wrote, folks. A tie game, a very uh, underwhelming flavor. Not even bitter. Just a, a an old piece of gum nothingness just, yeah, flavor right, right, right. with leaving and, us and in this game. And it had like the patina of an old game, too. <laughs> yeah. like, the broadcast. It just looked kind of like a game from 10 sure. years ago. It's just... It was rough. rough. So, what's so, your first impressions, Ty? Oh, sorry. Tell me, tell me what's your first yeah, impression. You, you always you're ask me. To, that. Yeah, always ask me that. So, almost there. Almost there. Shut the fuck up <laughs> for a second. I have to there. set you up. <laughs> <laughs> so my, I'll I'll go a tiny bit into kind of the game itself, and then I I think mostly what I want to talk about is the the game around the game, the culture around the game, and all of that. Um, but so I I didn't think it was a, uh, it, it was it was a tough performance for sure. Um, but, you know, it, it, we've come to expect this kind of thing from the U.S. when we end up in uh, places like this. Um, we've, we've come to expect that players who are playing in Europe, um, like Christian Pulisic, can't necessarily put in 90 good minutes, even if they are utterly prodigal people. <laughs> um, 
and and so you know I wasn't I wasn't shocked to see how how flat the U.S. was, how how much we lacked energy, how unprepared we were to play in those conditions. Um, which isn't to say I wasn't frustrated, uh, but but I wasn't shocked. And I thought tactically the game kind of played out the way that that Honduras uh, w- was hoping. It was very interesting. They I expected them to have a much more defensive setup. Um, and to be more more you know uh, numbers based um, on defense, but what they actually did was they they tried to possess a little bit, and they they actually played a little bit more like a home team than what I was expecting. Um, they played a little bit more similar in manner to the way that I saw them play against uh, Trinidad. And I thought I thought that was just kind of like the the level of opponent, but it, but I think that was kind of the way that they they felt like they set up the best. And if you recall back that to that. Um, game in in San Jose they came out a little bit more attacking than we were expecting in that game too of course it didn't work out for them in that in that case but in this case they got uh the 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 break that you need um they defended really solidly and they got lucky on a very very straightforward uh through ball that somehow crosses about a foot from Omar Gonzalez on three separate strides (laughs) and ultimately it ends up in this horrific scissor kick tackle the likes of which I've never seen <laughs> and then before. He's, he's unprofessional. And then he's immediately the the manner in which he tries to quickly get back up is also like he seems Comical, like yeah he's, he looks like a yeah either Bambi or uh, like one of the colossals, like trying to get back up is he's like, right like a like an uh, like one of those walkers in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> the little the little Ewoks come over with like a string and some some dental floss <laughs> to take that bad boy down. Yeah, tie his knees together. <laughs> oh Omar. Oh Omar. It's it, it was just it was like it, to me it was like watching it, I was like, of course. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that well, happens. Well yeah, when and like you said, games. uh Honduras was carving up was carving out chances. They were playing well. They had some attacking flair and zeal. Who who were the players up front that were providing this uh, the creativity for Honduras? It was Kyoto, um, Alice, yeah, and Elise, Elise on the right hand yeah. side kept uh, burning his teammate um, uh, Beasley, who I uh, you know Demarcus Beasley is 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 you know at least better than Zusi in that he's able to keep the ball in front of him. Uh, I can't remember him actually applying a tackle or a body. <laughs> he he's able to push you know, play one direction or the other, which is great. Um, but you need a little bit more than that at this level. Uh, and then, and then Zussi on the other uh, side just got roasted by Kyoto numerous Some times time. and just clearly is not up for this level, but it's one of those coaching blind spots like Ricardo Clark and, uh, Jonathan Bornstein, uh, before him where, where, you know, Bruce is just going to go down with this guy. It, it, it seems. Um, so now, I'll, I'll dig in a little bit to the to the meta game uh, of yeah, this. So um, the game was on was not on U.S. television. Uh, well, it was on BN, which is a, a cable subscription channel that most people don't have. Um, and so uh, I and I believe many many other people were counting on watching this on a, a streaming service called Fubo TV, which is a, a quite good streaming service, uh, which they should pay us to say, but they're not. Um, it's all right. They'll, they'll come to us. they'll they'll come yeah. to us at WTP. Reach out to bro. us at so, WTP. Well, I'm about to just savage them because they they were not prepared at all for the for the load of uh, all uh, you know a number of U.S. fans all trying to watch uh, this at once. See, it seems and the service just completely bombed. And so I was on Twitter 
about, you know, 10 minutes before kickoff, like, oh, it's not working. Is it, has anybody figured out how to get this working? Or, like, hey, what's the workaround? How can you get? And, and we, we have people, you know, Kwame shouting out great tech tips, all sorts of tech tips out there. <laughs> the WTP yeah, community. You guys, you guys are the best. best. We love and, you so much. And Reach so out to us. I, I ultimately have to give up. It's, it's like the 10th minute I tweet, uh, someone tell me what's happening. <sighs> and, and, so and I literally sprint to my to the the nearest bar. There are two bars in my town. Oh my god! I go to the first bar. No game. No game on. I sprint to the second bar. I I ask them breathlessly if they have B in sport. They go <laughs> what? Oh my! God. Now, but as a consequence of this, they do have B in sport, and I get to sit there and watch uh, with some some you know, regular folk okay. who were not going to watch sure, this game. Yeah. And it was very interesting because one, one guy asked me about how, uh, how Macedonia was doing in World Cup qualifying. Like, that was his, like, big soccer interest. Um, and then another guy asked me uh, about the Costa Rica game. He was like, oh, I heard they had a bad loss the other night. And so we got to talking, and, and, and it, it felt like the amount of soccer literacy was more than I've seen in, in recent times. But it was still, like... This like uh, just a reminder when when we're in this U.S. soccer bubble where it's like all we you know think about and care about in the world of sports like how small of a fish this is because this is the biggest game you know by by importance the biggest game in in ages in in four years um, and it you know was not on in favor of like infomercials at a at a local sports bar in New Jersey you know. Where they had the so channel. it's a it's a so, marker it's it's a, it says a lot yeah it says a lot that we. We're not even there yet, and it's and that can be frustrating. This speaks to the general frustration of being a fan of this team, and I and I've uh, I've been thinking, you know, you, you know how we get a lot of uh, in our in the reviews, which we love that you guys are putting reviews. Thank you so much. Keep doing that. We're gonna read some of your reviews on the show as we do uh, in a in a. In we? a fun way, yeah, yeah. It, it is possible that your reviews will be read by somebody very close to the team. They will be team. read by someone, yeah, right, right. We don't read reviews, it's not in my comment. A lot of people... We'll talk about this off, off A lot air. of people Dude. review us, who have reviewed us, have mentioned that we're very <laughs> enthusiastic. And I always found that to be a kind of funny note, like, I guess, yeah, we're enthusiastic. Is that because we're not good at some other actual real skill that you're saying that? You like us and we don't have... <laughs> but it's not. I, I'm realizing it's actually because it's actually hard to stay enthusiastic about this team over time. That's a real skill. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I was, I, I was just thinking back to the uh, crunkity. The crunkity! The CONCACAF Cup. I was just thinking back to that. That was like that. That, that gold cup leading into the crunkety was painful, and then losing that crunkety was painful. But there is no, there is no light without darkness. There is no noise without silence. You, you must have these dark times to, for the bright times ahead. Now, now um, but the thing is, I'm you, starting to feel that way less and less. At that time, it was like, okay, like we're, you know, we got. We we'll have to yeah, figure this but we've out. Got we're definitely going to have to figure this out. <laughs> now it's like fuck. We might not. Uh, no, it, it, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And and the the thing about progression is that it's not you know fifty percent progression per year. Progression is two percent here, three percent here, two percent here. It's just these little little 
small things, you know, the the fact that the World Cup qualifier in uh, in New York slash New Jersey actually had thirteen thousand U.S. fans. Okay, there were thirteen thousand Costa Rican fans there too, but there were more than there would have been, you know, fifteen years ago to the same match. Um, so it's it's these little things that that add up, and I I, I do continue to see progress, but you know, like. Uh, like natural phenomena, there are ebbs and flows, even in the midst of a you know longer sea change. So, um, but if if you'll indulge me in one one please, other side yeah, note, please until, to get back to one other other non side yeah. note. Yeah. Um, so the I, I had to leave and come back to my house at at one nothing. Um, and at one nothing. Actually, yeah, actually, more poignantly, I had to turn it off, like, 15 minutes before and then, like, watch the last 15 minutes on replay. Uh-huh. So I, I turned it off at one nothing. At one nothing, the U.S. had about, like, a 50-some percent chance of going to the World Cup. Like, a, it's, like, a 54% chance, something like that. Uh, Paul Carr at ESPN does the numbers on it. Like, considering the playoff and the cha- teams who might be in the playoff and all sure. that stuff. Um, and with a draw, I think it was, like, 75%, something okay. like that. Um, and so there was about a 20% difference between the draw and the loss. That's pretty good. Uh, and the draw was huge. The, the Bobby Wood goal was huge. And, I, and what I was thinking about was I was in this state where, you know, the, this Bobby Wood goal had gone in. You know, leather had hit netting in the real world, but I didn't know about <laughs> it. And I was, so I was in this, like, sort of quantum liminal state where, um, where the U.S. had this 20% uh, uh, of a World Cup that I didn't realize. Like that's the way you can think about it with probability is, is when you when you gain a twenty percent edge in a in in your odds, that's like getting twenty percent of the thing that you would get if you won that that. Okay, wager so or, the or so the U.S. the Nats are out there with a seventy percent chance. Uh, you're out there thinking they've only got that little fifty, and it turns out for in my universe out, they only have yeah, that fifty. Yeah, exactly. And the, and that twenty percent, and it just made me reflect on that twenty percent of a World Cup because I was thinking like, what is twenty percent of a World Cup? That's you know usually we play four games in a World Cup, so that's like seventy some minutes of World Cup. And I was just thinking about how important that Bobby Wood goal is. Yeah, it's huge. Because he because those like seventy minutes of World Cup is life changing. Like we've been we've been privy to seventy minutes of World Cups that have altered our own Absolutely. lives. Absolutely. Because we've we've had ourselves indelibly changed by watching you know Brian McBride's bloody <laughs> head, <laughs> or or watching that uh, that uh, Clint Dempsey uh, hip goal against <laughs> the Portugal, thrust. Or the the pelvic thrust, or or John Brooks, you know, yeah. the, it's like those those kinds of moments are encapsulated in an action like Bobby Wood had. He 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 got he gave America seventy minutes of He's a World Cup. He's getting us closer, man. It's, Thank God for Bobby Wood in this man. moment. And I, it just it just made me realize how high the stakes are for this because, and you think about what is what is a fifth of a World Cup? Well, I don't know how many billions of dollars, but it's the the U.S. going to the World Cup is billions of dollars. Yeah, why? Is, and so Bobby Bobby Wood's actions made <laughs> he made he made millions of dollars. For the for the economy of U.S. soccer by putting that frigging ball in, it's absolutely amazing. Just just to think of the of the 
you know, the, the, the ramifications of the, the actions of the players at this stage in the game. It's, it's just my And you have, to, you have to imagine, when you kind of break it down in that way, um, in the way that you've just done, it's hard to imagine a player actually being able to comprehend that le- the level of impact they're right. having right. in the minutes of play, especially when you see players do things that seem quite like a choice, like lack urgency, you know? Right, or um, or Josie shove a guy. Right, it's like in the 80th it, minute when we need a goal. It cannot be that yeah. you're actually processing the importance of your decision making right now. Exactly, exactly. Uh, because you yeah. would never do yeah. that and if you knew, if you were consciously aware that you're you're carrying, you know, however many millions of dollars and people's hopes and dreams and and the trajectories of people's lives and you know all kinds of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I can't remember what the TV rights went for, but. Just, like just thinking of the of well, I guess now that I think about it, maybe the U.S. being out wouldn't be such a bad thing for the TV ratings. But um, it's just like like you, you when when we get to the crunch of World Cup qualifying, it's almost like the actions of the players have an outsized influence on the way that the real actual world plays out, just because of the amplified nature of the right. World Cup and the intensity of it. And and I was just you know I was just taken aback by that, just thinking like how far we've come. You know, we've gotten so used to World Cup qualifying being being this way, but like when you score goals at the beginning of World Cup qualifying, that's changing your odds by a couple percent at a time. You know, and now we're into situations where it's like, holy shit! Like this is really big happening. Big swings. Um, and, and yeah, big swings, and that was a huge swing because it got us because of that the the shellacking we put on them in um, in in San Jose. It uh, it it puts us in a, a, a key position. We have that tie break over them. Um, and so we're in a position where, you know, if we if we win out, we're definitely going to be through, um, and, or almost definitely. And if we uh, win and draw, as long as we win the Panama game by a sufficient amount, we should be through as well. So it, it's, uh, it's absolutely massive. Oh, thank God for you, Bobby Wood. What would we do without you? What would we do? I don't even know. Ding! Do you want to go? Let's see. We can go a couple ways with this. We can keep kind of addressing the the yeah. structure of the game in our region, the stadium choice, things like that, or we can go uh, a little bit and address actually what happened on the field versus Honduras before we move forward to the broader topics. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So I, I have kind of three escalating uh, scopes of of, uh, of of argument and observation about about this. All game. right, let's hear treaties, folks. Sit down and relax. This is this is how we're gonna do this. Uh, you know, it's we're we're moving into a little bit of a, a break here where we've got some fun stuff coming up before our game versus Panama in October. We want to make sure that you you get a little we the people treaties. So here it comes: three escalating layers of a of a problem in the U.S. Russian nesting doll. Russian nesting doll. To avoid having to talk about Omar Gonzalez <laughs> anymore. Uh, Ty, what are they? So so. The first is Honduras came out in a little bit more of a home team mentality than I was expecting. And what I realized is, you know, you, you mentioned that we bunkered. I, I wouldn't say that we bunkered. I would say that we tried to play a normal sort of mid, uh, mid-range, um, you know, some, some possession game uh, and just did it very badly. You know, I think, I think the, the concept of building out of the back definitely wasn't there. The concept of trying to string more than three passes at a time. 
uh, wasn't there. But I think there was plenty of attacking intent. You know, the 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 lineup was was rather attacking. You know, with four pretty pretty uh, forward-minded players in the lineup. Um, and so what I was realizing is that perhaps one of the ways that we can get end up getting better results in these kind of games is actually by coming out in a compact shape and planning on counterattacking. Because the U.S. historically has been an excellent counterattacking side, and it just occurred to me that, you know, we never do this on the road because we always presume ourselves to be the better team, but on the basis of the evidence, we aren't that much better, if we're better at all, than these teams when we just go kind of toe-to-toe in a normal fashion. So if we were to actually adopt some of that, uh, some of that, you know, bend, bend, not bend, but not break, but like stifling defense, like hard to break down. And then all of a sudden you have Pulisic making, making a, a, a crazy run and a, a ball over the top one nil, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of value a lot of in good that kind teams of that do that. And, uh, there, there may be exactly. some insecurity around that for us fans. Cause for so long, we've been trying to assert our dominance as the superior team, but the more the the more mediocre we perform, the, you know, repeatedly, you you do begin to wonder if maybe we're having a little bit of an identity crisis, and we need to really take a look at what we actually have working for us and do that more. Right, right. And the way to assert your dominance is to win, right? So, so the way we're trying to assert our dominance, it, it seems, uh, is to just throw eleven, you know, of our top guys out there and kind of hope for the best. You know, and if if we were to actually have a, a cohesive game plan to to approach these kind of matches, I think it would make a big difference. It just doesn't look like there was much of much idea at all, aside from kind of hoping for for something to happen on the wings and and chucking it to Pulisic over and over, a, a, as emblemized emblemized is that a word emblem emblematized <laughs> by um, the opening kickoff that that, that uh, you know other pundits have noted as well. The opening kickoff was like touch to Bradley. And then Bradley just kind of like notes that Pulisic is is move me, moving. He's he sees him him progressing down the touchline and just boots it out of bounds. So so it's like okay, that's the kind of day that it's yeah. going to be. Um, so so and uh, you know we saw in New Jersey we both really liked the tactical game plan that that the team had, which was possession oriented and it was um, you know building from the back and it was cycling midfielders into the back line and pushing the fullbacks up high and we liked all that stuff, um, but and 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 you know that was that was a good thing that we had a, a very clear game plan that we came out in. Um, and I think that's that's the kind of thing we could benefit from, even if that game plan is not specifically the same from game to game. Like, we could have multiple different looks, but the other night we had no look. So that's the first Russian doll. Not enough of a look here. That is the in first an away, Russian And doll. it has something to do with this away mentality, too, I think, uh, that's that's all over the U.S. culture. Um, yeah. Indeed, indeed. And, and, and we shall so get to that. So what's the second um, Russian doll? The second Russian doll is uh, the stadium choice because, uh, of course, picking New Jersey, which is kind of the only large metro region where there's a large population of Costa Ricans, was a was a mistake. Um, it's understandable because I think there were some good ideas that went into that choice. I think it's a good venue for the U.S. Um, it's just just not that particular game, uh, and and and. W- what I was thinking watching this was, wait, don't these guys play in Houston? Don't these guys play, like, isn't Graham Zussi from Florida? Isn't Omar Gonzalez from Dallas? 
So how are these players who are not acclimated to playing in hot, humid conditions? Yeah, how can that be? Is it is it really that? How different? can that be? And and uh, you Precisely. know, th- there was someone. Forgive me, I don't know who, but someone in the broadcast who had apparently must have been, ah shit. I don't know who it was, but somebody, <laughs> a former player, was saying it really is that hard in the heat. I've heard Landon Donovan say that it really is that hard in the heat. Uh, I I believe it. I believe it. But there's there's kind of two two factors there. One is both teams have to play in the same heat, and the second is that the American player is one of the few in you know I I get it if you're if you're from Denmark, okay. But but American players play in heat, right? So so for me, yeah, San Jose looking gets back on the stadium hot. choice. I tell you what, I did a layover there for dude, a couple hours. Dude. I got I got some swamp oh. ass going on. Players from LA, we got players from from you know the border, we got players from Mexico. So so I, I I feel like that's that that's on the lamer side as excuses go. Okay, maybe Jeff Cameron from from Boston, <laughs> maybe is not getting this kind of summer. But look, it, 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 ultimately both teams have to play in it, and the reasons why there is a tactical advantage to those things is just because the people are are more used to it or not, and it feels like they're. Our players maybe should be a little bit more it used to be, it. So, I'm not saying I. I'm not saying it's not yeah. hard. I'm not saying any of that. Why is and, it? And it's, why I'm is not it saying it's not tough. Lost. And I'm not. I'm grateful for the sacrifice that these guys are putting in to to play that hard in these conditions. I get it, absolutely. But I just think, in terms of you know coming back to this over and over and over again as an excuse, it's like, I it, it feels a little weak to me. Um, and what it made me think of was when we played this game in New Jersey, we could have played this game in Dallas. Because you remember when we were going to go to Azteca, we played the previous home game in Denver. Yeah. So that we had the opportunity oh, to acclimate to the, to the altitude. Yeah, we had an Why do we not play yep. this game somewhere in the south? I just I looked up the weather today because I was like, wait, how different is it? Uh, and and San, this was today, not Thursday, but San Pedro Sula was uh, low 90s and it was like 70% humidity. And or you know Orlando has a hurricane coming, of course, but they they were in the high 80s with a similar amount of humidity, and that kind of matches with my expectation of like what what you know Orlando or or Houston or uh, Dallas or you know these these you know tough tough hot summers the way that those feel. So I feel like we we could have potentially played this game in in surroundings that were uh, that were actually similar to the Honduras game, just simulated in that same manner, and and. What's better is we could ask them to cut the freaking grass long because apparently having the grass long is this like incomprehensible challenge to geometry. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't awful grass. It wasn't like coming up in big chunks. It's like okay, the ball moves 20% less quickly than normal. So so you know, maybe in this home game and maybe in some of our practices we should have had the grass long apparently. Right. So it just seems like a little bit more thought could have gone into this. <laughs> Why are we playing in New Jersey like, to let's Costa play, Rican Let's play the crowd. previous game in the most Honduras-like <laughs> environment we possibly yeah. can. Which, it's, I mean, the, you know, a lot, obviously a lot of thought went into that Azteca game. And it, it, you're, you're right. There's no reason why we couldn't have done that for Honduras as well. Just as important. And I, and I feel bad. I feel bad again because I get it that, that it really is hard. But ultimately, both teams have to play on it. And the reason why it was such an advantage for Honduras is it's not just that they're used to it. It's that they, they feel like it's something that they did to affect the outcome. And we feel like it's something that they did to us. 
you know? And so if we, if we're just able to look at this as just a neutral field condition, I, I, I feel like it, it changes it, but it's the, there's this psychological aspect to the, to the fact that it's like, it's like, like, like someone made the point on the broadcast, like, Oh, when the, when Honduras comes to play the U S they, they get these, they, they're staying in nice hotels and, uh, when the U.S. goes down there, they're not staying in the best hotels. And it's like, well, do you think the Honduran players are staying in nice hotels? It's like, in both scenarios, both teams are in the same kinds of hotels. Yeah, also, I, I wonder so, about that one, too. Like, is there nobody in the U.S. who can, like, book their hotel themselves and keep it secret, you know? What, like, right, right. I was like, go to the embassy. Yeah. Go stay at the embassy. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> nobody knows how this, the I, logistics I of this shit works better than Bruce Arena. Bruce knows best uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff because he's been there so much, or at least that's what I would think. Is he? Has he been there too many times? Is he too willing to settle for a tie on the road in CONCACAF? Has he got this mentality in his mind that, that it's more difficult than it needs to be? Oh, it's possible. The thing, the thing that makes me really feel like, uh, like it's it's real, is uh, is Pulisic, because he he's someone who his his you know personal eighteen year old ego would dispel any sort of notion that he should feel threatened or you know uh, or or disadvantaged by anything. Because I'm sure he went into this game thinking, well, you know, those guys all think this is going to be a big problem, but it's no it's yeah. no big deal. I got this. And so, so to see him struggle in the way that he did in in Honduras, to me, does does symbolize that there is meaning to this to this right, effect. Because this is a player and, and that no we've seen show meaning. mental fortitude and composure under difficult circumstances. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but you don't get difficult. I mean, it's fair. You don't get difficult like this. This is like just not a really good situation to play soccer in. <laughs> it's just it's just tough. So I you know it's, I, I I absolutely get it. I absolutely get it. But I think there's an, an element of, of moving beyond those things as a as a fallback that is important for us to to move forward. And my third last Russian doll, my last, time. Uh, what is doll. the third Russian doll? This is fun, right, guys? <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about how the European teams um, always seem to be in qualifying, and uh, I realized that they have qualifying for the Euros. So after the World Cup, they essentially, you know, that through that year, um, including the summer, play European Championship qualifying. And uh, what that does is it gives them more crunch games, and particularly it gives them more crunch away games. And I was just realizing that, you know, the U.S. never has to qualify for the Gold Cup. A lot of teams do have to qualify, but I think it's, it might be six or four teams that go, go in automatically. Um, and so that means that the only time when we play these crunch matches in these circumstances is World Cup qualifying. So we get we get three games in the preliminary round, the the round before the hex, and then we get five games in this round that are away from home. And that's not a lot um, because you know two two of those are Costa Rica and Mexico, which are very different beasts. Um, and so so uh, you know you you would you would calculate. Five or six matches where it's it's like this. It's going to Trinidad. It's going to El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, um, Nicaragua. These these uh, smaller countries where the you know field is bad. It's hot. Yada yada. Same same basket of of factors. Um, and I was just thinking that if if we could somehow angle to to improve the Gold Cup, which is something that a lot of people have been calling for anyway, because it is a uh, it's a little bit of a tired format where 
every other gold cup is a B team gold cup, and that feels like it's not really that great for anyone. Um, if this game was, if the gold cup was was organized a little bit differently, such that we actually had to do you know five trips down to Central America in order to qualify, even if we had a pretty good chance of qualifying, if we just had those situations where we had to bring our first team and they had to play hard. I think that would that would hold us in good stead in these situations. Yeah, because doesn't it seem like this team is just not getting into gear? And you would think that this is the time, right? But it must be more difficult to get into right. that headspace than we realize because they're not doing it. Right, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like when, when I was watching the game, I was like, okay, here we go again. And I feel like, you know, we're not, we're not privy to the inside of, of, you know, what the circumstances are. What has changed over the years? I'm sure a lot has changed. And, and you know, case in point, you look at a place like Costa Rica where, where we used to play at Estadio Saprissa, which is this, this, like, concrete mold of a stadium, essentially, where, you know, the fans are right above the, the locker room and they can kind of, like, stomp on your roof and things like that. And they can, like, peer through bars at you and yell things at you. And, and we went from that to their new national stadium, which is this, you know, lovely uh, McMansion <laughs> built by the Chinese. Ooh, very nice. Um, a, a couple of years ago as a, as a soft power favor just to get closer to the U.S. That's for, you know. It's for the other the, podcast. Pod, the political <laughs> with the people. Other podcasts. Um, and so, so the, you know, you, you see even in this region, you see countries moving from these 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 tinder boxes to more comfortable surroundings and 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 that can hurt them in some ways um and and so it's interesting it's like we, things are shifting in that direction but it's like we we got to get get our bearings here and we we have to i i think i think we need a little bit more of a um an approach than just we're going to do our normal thing and then if it doesn't work out we're going to blame the heat you know yep. Got to make some changes, folks, if we're going to see growth. I believe it. I believe it's coming to us. We the people is part of it. We This podcast is fucking part of it. Support this podcast by uh, giving us a review. That really helps us out. And because we're such a crucial part of uh, American soccer culture, uh, that's going to help out the team that you love. The fourth nesting doll. There's a fourth nesting is doll. Reviewing, <laughs> is reviewing our show on <laughs> that's iTunes. That's right. That's the problem. We're getting in some, but not enough. Now, you guys have been great. Uh, you've, been, you've been interacting with Ty on Twitter. We love that at WTP Pod. Don't stop doing that. Uh, do it more, in fact. And if you haven't tried it out, give it a shot. Reach out to us. Uh, ask us some questions or whatever. The next game we're going to play is, is about a month away. It's October 6th versus Panama. In between Panama, Panama, Panama. Panama. In between now and or then. Uh, we're going to release a bonus pod, guys. We got a bonus pod coming your way. Very exciting stuff. Am I, am I, who's it's, on it? It's going to be, uh, Bobby Warshaw. Bobby Warshaw. You know him. You love him. He wrote the amazing book, uh, when, Bobby when, Borshaw. Bobby Borshaw, when the, when the dream became reality, uh, and then another few sentences in that book title. But when the dream became reality is his book. He's a he's an ex pro, ex youth nat. Really awesome interview that we had the pleasure to do with him. So thank thank you so much, Bobby, for doing that. If you're listening to this uh, pod and and guys, we got that interview coming out uh, after this one. We're we're gonna use that to kind of break up the silence in between qualifiers here. Uh, how does that sound, Ty? Sounds awesome. Bobby, Bobby's, yeah, Bobby's the, man. the man. I think you guys will really he, like it. 
We'll really like the conversation. I, I, I agree. I think everybody's going to really enjoy that conversation. And, uh, um, yeah, class act. Class act, man. Total, Totally interesting guy. Deep thoughts. Folks, I like it when I wake up five minutes before my alarm without even trying. <laughs> feel so responsible you're like i got my shit together finally <laughs> today's the day <laughs> today's the uh, day i'm gonna do my taxes <laughs> i really i really like it when you just you hop down into the subway station or whatever your preferred method of public transportation is underground the thing arrives right when you get there it's just <laughs> like it's like a, it, once again it's like i'm it's like God is telling me I made that right choice earlier today. <laughs> right, right. I was supposed to stop for that frappuccino. <laughs> and I love single-use tissues, but I don't love any of that stuff as much as I love the gnats. Let's go, boys. Come on, boys. You can do it. Even in Honduras, you can, you do, can it. do it. We believe in you. Counterattack. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Lego. Lego, my podcast. <laughs> it's my podcast, and I want it now. <laughs> oh, man. Love it. Ugh. Yup. I got a couple chewy bars here. It's fire. <laughs> that's, that's G. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> still snacking, Ma. I'm still snacking. <laughs> Rest in peace, Captain Crunch. <laughs>